Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to Hawks Insiders, our recap of the 13-point loss to the GWS Giants at the House of Horrors on Saturday late afternoon, early evening. Um, better effort from Hawthorne, um, lacking a fair bit of polish. Had a bit more polish, they might have been able to steal a win. Just the two of us tonight, I'm joined by Darren Levine. Hello, Darren. Hey, Ash. Uh, yeah, lack of polish, I think, is a bit of an understatement. I think we're lucky mm-hmm. to even get close in that game, to be honest. Yeah, never, as I wrote in the uh, recap, never felt like they were going to win. Whenever no, absolutely pushing, not. It was just waiting for them to kick away, and invariably, that's what happens. So, um, But it wasn't a belting, uh, which a lot of people feared. So, And hopefully, uh, that is the end of playing without their most important player, James Sisley for the rest of the season. It was the Giants 12, 13, 85, Hawthorne 10, 12, 72. The Giants, Hawthorne had uh, 370 disposals to 351. Hawthorne uh, 55 inside 50s to 60. Hawthorne went at 75% disposal efficiency. The Giants at 73. Giants 47 to 42% in terms of efficiency inside 50. Hit outs 31 apiece. Clearances 40, 25 Hawthorne. Center clearance is 17-6 to Hawthorne. They didn't quite take advantage of that, you would think, Daz. Stoppage clearance is 23-19. Contested possessions, Hawthorne had the edge 149-137. to 72 turnovers to 60 might have also told the story of the game. And also 17-5 to marks inside 50 to the Giants and 14-7 to contested marks. And 73-60 to intercept marks, a stat that uh, I think... Uh, Sam Taylor might have been responsible for that uh, big advantage to the Giants. Just before I get to the players, what were your very quick takeaway from the game? Yeah, well, look, I, th- I think the mark, um, the marks line was probably the most important stat of the day for me. Just the aerial dominance um, was very telling. I think uh, the hoofing it forward, um, Taylor was just gobbling up everything and yeah, we were just outmarked at every contest. Really, um, I think they had double as double the uh, the contested marks that we did. And what was that stat line? Ash seventeen to five marks inside six clip. Oh yes, yes, some of that inside fifty. So yeah, I mean that's the story of the day, really. Yeah, Mitch Lewis. We'll get to him very shortly because we're doing it in numerical order. He didn't have the greatest day. Harry Morrison was the sub. Daz had four disposals. Uh, came on pretty much in the last. Quarter, we have 100% disposal, but uh, efficiency, but didn't really have a, a major impact. We'll get that out of the way. I'll give him a three, but just based on the fact that he played one quarter. If you have any objections to what I, my rankings, jump in. The next guy we'll talk about a little bit Mitch Lewis, uh, 11 disposals, eight and three, two marks, two tackles, kicked it behind, 64% disposal efficiency. Um, he had uh, five, uh, five turnovers. Um, he took one contested mark. He had 222 metres gained on the ground, 108 minutes. Uh, probably, you know, we hold him in great hopes. Probably his quietest game for the year. Darren, very hard to give him a, a, a pass mark. I gave him a 3.5. Yeah, I think I think the 0.5 is generous. I was going to give him three. Um, it was it was a pretty poor game for Mitch. I think, he, I mean, he tried hard and, he got off the ground at times to try and win the footy a bit, but again, just the aerial dominance of GWS and Taylor, in particular, uh, just we just couldn't cope with it. And at times when we needed to take a mark in the forward fifty, 
um, and get ourselves back in the game. It just just never happened. Never happened for Mitch, a, a victim of poor delivery as well. Yeah, so it's just it's not all his fault. But yeah, pr- probably the worst game I've seen him play in recent memory. And um, it's very rare that he actually doesn't kick a goal. So he 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 won't be pleased with that effort. Let's hope he bounces back next week because he's on the cover of the AFL record. So uh, done a feature on him and Nikolaki. So um, is that a scoop? That is a scoop. You're hearing it first. That'll be next week's record. So make sure you buy it if you go to the footy. John Newcomb, Daz, uh, 28 disposals, 9 and 19, two marks, three tackles, did not score, 89% disposal efficiency. He had uh, 16 contested possessions, five intercept possessions, three turnovers, eight score involvements, one goal assist, 197 metres gained, 20 centre bounce attendances. Yeah, well, I, I think Jai was one of our best on the day for me and made some notes around his his tackling and pressure in the first quarter. And those are stats that, you know, you, you kind of overlook when he gets 28 touches and wins a lot of the footy himself. And as you said, we were up in centre clearances and, you know, Jai is a bit, very big part of that midfield unit. Um, and I, I, again, I think his delivery probably could have been much, much better, the forward 50 delivery. Um, he wasn't alone there out of our midfield contingent, but it was a really solid game from Jai. I'm, I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Yeah, pretty reasonable score, I would have thought. Jarman Impey uh, battled. He was subbed off at three-quarter time at seven disposals, three tackles. He had went 100% disposal efficiency, one contested possession, uh, one turnover, one intercept possession. He had one score involvement, 151 metres gained. A pretty unobtrusive day for Jarman. He's come off the back injury last week, apparently ill for most of this week. Um, the club hasn't quite said – it indicates he has a tactical sub, let's hope so, and that he'll uh, be better for the run next week. Gave him a four. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think that's, that's about right, Ash. And I don't think he was right to play. I don't know why they played him because of the back of an injury and an illness, he just was not in his, himself at all. So, yeah, it was a poor game. Probably should have got dragged earlier, if I'm being honest. James Warple, 24 disposals, 14 and 10. One mark, three tackles, one goal, one. 67% disposal efficiency. It was quite a good goal through that one, streaming out of the middle, I think it was. Uh, he had 13, he had 12 contested possessions, eight turnovers, five intercept possessions, four score involvements. He had uh, uh, 634 metres gained. 10 inside 50s, he had 14 centre bounce attendances. I thought he played well, Daz. Yeah, he was terrific. Um, won a lot of the footy. That goal from outside 50 was brilliant. And he'd done it a few times this year. He's becoming a really um, d- a d- dangerous weapon in his arsenal, that that sort of kick from outside 50. Um, so an- another great game from Warps. I think he's just um, melding with that with that midfield unit beautifully. It, it, <laughs> Probably one of one of the kind of worst defenders in, in terms of just kind of banging it forward and hoping for the best. And that tactic didn't work all day, but won a lot of footy and was really tough. So, you know, it's a it, it's a solid seven for me for Warps. Ned Reeves, 10 disposals, two and eight, four tackles. He had 70, 70% disposal efficiency. He had one turnover, two intercept possessions, four score involvements. 16 metres gained, hence his uh, new nickname on social media, the statue. Um, 
20 centre bounce attendances, 64 ruck contests. Fair to say, I thought he you know, he dominated the ruck. He was the, in terms of pure ruck work, he was the best ruckman on the ground. I mean, it's only him and Kieran Briggs really. Um, both teams really only went with one recognised ruckman, and Lockie Keith went off quite early for the Giants with an injury. But in terms of around the ground, Briggs had his measure. There were people saying that uh, the move not to play two rucks this week was wrong. But then last week, we called them criticised for playing two rucks when Carlton had none. So I'm not quite sure what they were supposed to do. Others suggested that uh, Rees would have been a more uh, appropriate matchup against Briggs, given that he offers a little bit more around the ground. Um, I'm going to give him a five just because his pure ruck work was very good, but uh, left some points out there for his uh, being beaten around the ground. Any thoughts, Daz? Yeah, I, it's probably a four for me because I think he just was resoundingly beaten around the ground. And if you, if you weren't looking at the, the sort of hit out, count and um some of his tap work was was really excellent then he was well beaten by briggs um and i think that that was a selection was on sam i think we could we could all see it coming um we needed the bigger body of meek and we needed his contribution around the grounds and you have someone who's nearly seven foot tall taking zero marks in a game it's becoming a big problem the, that last quarter too he just completely out of petrol tickets i don't know if you noticed that ash he just yeah. He just couldn't get going. So um, I wonder I wonder what's going to happen next week, whether it's going to be Reeves out and Meek in or they're going to go back to the the, the dual ruck combo. But, um, yes, yeah, something, something's not quite right about that ruck duo and we all, all had a lot of really high hopes at the start of the year. Yeah, it's not quite Gordon and Grundy yet, is it? Um, or um, Darcy and Jackson over at Frio. Sam Frost, interesting, Daz. He's seven disposals, uh, two and five, one mark, four tackles, 86% disposal efficiency. Um, he had uh, one turnover, just the one turnover, two intercept possessions, 80, uh, 97 metres gained, uh, two centre clearances because um, he took some hit outs. He, was, he did some really frequent four tackles. He had 10 ruck contests, four centre bounce attendances. So my thinking with uh, Frost was they tried not to get the ball in his hands as often as it happened before because therefore if the ball was in his hands and he couldn't turn it over. I thought his uh, his backline negating work was fine. I said he didn't have much of the ball. He was you know he, he took some set of bounces as the as the second ruck, which is interesting and he did well in that role as well um, to give Reeves a chop out. Obviously the club was very mindful of the criticism about Frost from last week. Sam Mitchell even discussed it on. SEN on his slot on Friday and seems to suggest that uh, that uh, he's been held to a higher account by the players than before and that he's uh, offensive. It became noticeable to everybody that he's offensive. These turnovers with the ball were hitting the team. So I thought he played his role, you know, in an unobtrusive game in a way, but uh, I give him a five. He certainly, uh, he certainly was a step up from previous weeks, even though he sort of didn't, we didn't see as much of him. Yeah. I- I agree. I actually thought he was quite good in the ruck. A bit of a chaos agent there. You can't can't really do as much damage when you're playing frost ball in in, in that position. So, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't mind it actually. I'm, I actually preferred it much more than Sam Frost as a forward. So the, the the sort of bash and crash and sloppiness kind of suited suited the ruck really well. 
Um, yeah, probably a better game than last week. And, and, and I think it's, it was definitely a tactic for him to have less of the ball and, and, and it did work. It's just that back line without Sicily is a, a bit of, bit of a shambles, really. It's just frightening. It's just frightening. Well, they, did, they did better. The back line did better as a unit than the three other games that he has not played this year. Captain Carl Amon, 27 disposals, 16 and 11, six marks, four tackles. He had 78% disposal efficiency, three contested possessions, four turnovers, one intercept possessions, five score involvements. Um, he had 654 metres gained. Eight rebound fifties. He had um, 105 fantasy points for those who those who play. Daz, uh, I thought he bounced back to some better form. Showed a bit of why the Hawks got him and a couple of beautiful uh, when a bit given a bit of time and space and beautiful use of the football. Yeah, and there were some things that he did there, especially I think it was the second quarter to set up Borpal. Just that kick that I think they spotlighted um, that kick on the on the commentary as well where. He just kind of sp- split the middle, um, went through the corridor, and it was a brave kick, really brave kick, hit up Walpole and and you know scored from that position. It was it was a brave kick. It was a kick that a lot of players just wouldn't see or even attempt. So that's what Kyle brings to the table. I thought it was one of his better games for the year. So um, he's going to get a seven from me. I thought it, it was great. Brother Nash, 27 disposals, 7 and 21 mark, 6 tackles, kicked it behind, 78% disposal efficiency, 11 contested possessions, 3 turnovers, 3 intercept possessions, 5 score involvements, 300 metres gained, um, 5 clearances, 3 of them were centre clearances. He had uh, 21 centre bounce attempts, but did not play in the ruck as a relief rucker in this stage. Uh, liked his physicality, loved the way the fact that Hawthorne was still in this game last quarter. I thought he ran the game out really well, unlike a couple of others. Um, he'd been to his head down a couple of weeks, and there were some in our group who said maybe he was crying out for a, a spell, but I thought he rebounded pretty well. I'd give him a 6.5. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he um, was vastly improved on last week, brought the physicality again, Butchered the footy going into the Ford 50, I thought. A lot of the times he was kicking under pressure in his defense, but um, he, he he really was was markedly improved on last week, and I'd agree with that 6.5. He's started kicking his left foot a bit more. He's obviously got a bit of confidence now with ball in hand. He's sort of not always going to that right necessarily. He's uh, kicking uh, he's amphibious, as, uh, as uh, Bob Skilton once said many, many years ago. Will Day, Daz, uh, 20, 26 disposals, 9 and 17, 4 marks, 4 tackles, 2 behinds, notorious behinds they were, 88% disposal efficiency, 12 contested possessions, 4 turnovers, 3 intercept possessions, 7 score involvements. He had uh, 1 contested mark, 389 metres gained, 3 clearances, 1 was the centre clearance, um, 4 tackles, 2 inside 50s, 2 rebound 50s, um, four one percenters, eight centre bounce attendances. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, well, he was Weesey's play of the ground in in our match recap, and um, you know, I I I think that that maybe Newcomb might have shaded him, but and he probably should get docked a couple of points for those for those misses. I think they would have. I don't think they would have won us the game, but they they definitely would have would have given GWS a scare. 
But what I like about Will Day is he he had that shocking miss and the next virtually the next possession is him taking a contested mark in the forward 50, which is what a lot of players struggle to do all day, virtually the whole forward line. So um I was really impressed with 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 that effort. He missed the set shot. You know, he has that again and he'll probably he'll probably nail it. So it was another accomplished midfield performance from Day and you know his evasiveness, um, his ability to to turn away from traffic, to see passes that others don't. Um, he's just really building nicely and putting together a real, a real uh, comprehensive and and uh, entertaining body of work this year. And you know, not not really, not really having the injury issues that he's had in the past, which is a credit to to him and to Burge. And it's just great to see him getting a run um, in this position. Ranking rating. Um, I will dock him the two, so I'm going to give him a seven. Yeah, he, they, those misses, he can't he deserves an asterisk based on those two misses. The first one was inexcusable. second one, margin, marginally less so. Poor old Dylan Moore, 0-3 three, three now as, as standing captain of Hawthorne. Hopefully he won't be standing captain anymore this season. 13 disposals, 7-6, and six, kicked a goal. Um, he had 85% disposal efficiency, 7 contested possessions, um, 100% scoring accuracy. He had one turnover, two intercept possessions, four marks, one of which was contested, 188 metres gained, eight tackles. He had uh, six tackles inside 50, which tells you, uh, you know, what a key emphasis of, for the game was hit that was for him. Um, I thought he worked hard. I think the captaincy uh, probably detracted from his game a little bit, unfortunately for him. Um, there's a big leadership for it. Hawthorne, you know, he battled hard and he would love the role, but I'm not sure it worked in his footy's best interest. He was good in stages. I'd give him a, a uh, five, five and a half. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he's one of those players that kind of suffers a bit from sort of trying too hard. And I think the captaincy sort of weighed on him in, in that regard. Um, he has a tendency to, to kind of go missing in patches for games and that, that, consistency over four quarters i think as he's kind of struggled with in the in the back end of this year a little bit um the fact that he had 32 pressure acts though it just shows how much how hard he was working um and what sort of role he was asked to play as well um i'd love to see him get up a bit a bit further and and, and be as the the kind of goal threat that he was last year but um i think he'll he'll like this coming back and he can concentrate on his role i think the the calls at the start of the year, and I was, I'm, I'm guilty of that in thinking that he was he was ready for sort of captaincy. I think it's I think it's premature, and I think um, I think Sis has just shown me in particular that he's really the only logical choice at the moment for captain of this club. Dax Grimshaw had 17 disposals, 11 and six, two marks, one tackle, 71 percent disposal efficiency. Um, he had five contested possessions, one turnover, five intercept possessions, one score involvement. He had uh, both his marks uncontested. He had um, that is he had four kick-ins. He was leader for that. Uh, an unremarkable game from Jack. Not quite sure where he'll be next week with Sicily back in the side. Just seems to be laconic, or was it laxatical? I'm not sure. Um, but. You know, not too bad. The backline, as I said earlier, the backline performed better. It's the best it has without Sicily in the four games 
that he has missed. Um, really interested to see how they structure everything with Sicily back, though. Um, an unremarkable game, so he gets an unremarkable five from me. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I think it's a confidence thing with with scrimmers, and he, he's he's clearly low on confidence at the moment. He's he's working his way back. I think he had a much better game um, yesterday than he did um, the the week before, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens if if he goes straight out for for um, sis. I suspect they'll try and keep a bit of continuity there and shuffle the magnets around rather than taking him him out of the side. But I guess someone's got to give way. So I don't know what all that what that'll do for his confidence going back to Box Hill again, and what all that'll what that'll do for the context of of his career at the Hawks as well, which is um, something I don't, I don't think I would have spoken about at the start of the year or even thought about. So it's it, it is still the curious case of Jack Scrimshaw. It most certainly is. Blake Hardwick, 25 disposal, 18 and 7, five marks, two tackles. He had 80% disposal efficiency, eight contested possessions, six turnovers, nine intercept possessions. He had um, five marks, one of which was contested, 528 metres gained. He had five pressure acts. He had uh, three one percenters. Um I think it was on Toby Green for a chunk of the game. He usually plays on Toby Green, but there were times when they were commentators were at pains to point out that uh, Green had advantageous matchups. It wasn't always Hardwick. Uh, how did he go, Daz? Yeah, look, I think he was on Green and at various points on some other players. So it wasn't just a complete lockdown job on Green, but the fact is that Green really never had an impact on the game and. Hardwick more than played his part um, in that. So uh, I thought it was a terrific game from him, actually. I thought he defended well, thought he used the footy well. Um, so it's it's going to be a seven for me. Chad Wingard, this will be an interesting one. 16 disposals, 10 and 6, 3 marks, 2 goals, 89% offensive half, 56% disposal efficiency, 7 contested possessions. He had 5 turnovers. He had two goal assists, seven score involvements, 10 pressure acts, 265 metres gained, uh, five inside 50s, two clearances. Um, I thought, I I think his role's changed. I, I think he's no longer the offensive go and win the game for us. Chad Wingard. It is go at, it is go and play your role. Chad Wingard, it's little things. It's a bit of uh Intelligence and organisation, the forward line, um, it is setting things up. I think he's accepted his role. I think he actually played quite well. I thought there was a patch in the game where he played really well. I've been encouraged by his form last two weeks. What it means for his long-term future remains muddy, but I've really liked what I've seen. I just should have I've neglected to make it one of my observations in the written recap. I thought, you know, I think he's had a good, he's had a good fortnight, Chad. I'm really pleased. He seems to be working hard in his footy. I think the coach has defined a role for him that he's playing. Um, and I would give him a 6.5. Yeah, I agree with that, Ash. And it's, it's interesting because you watch him play in a game like that and you think, oh, maybe maybe he does have a future in this team. Maybe maybe there is a one-year contract extension if there's, if there's no suitors because – on the evidence of that performance, he does offer he, he does offer a lot. He's extremely we all know how talented he is, but 
he's he's as you said been asked to play a role and uh he he did you know i i think we put a tweet out saying opportunistic chat is is our favorite chat he was he was opportunistic he 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 seized moments he set up his teammates um and he's he's tackling whatever is whatever role he's been asked to play with um with the right attitude and that's all that you can really ask for so i'm i'm actually really enjoying watching him these past two weeks yeah and his spot on the side is secure you would think for the time being even when bruce comes back next week i think they can find a way to play the both looking forward to seeing how what that is um the next player also worthy of debate i've got a point that i made in the recap that i want to make on the podcast as well so denver graham granger brass had four disposals three and one playing in the forward line look, look at his heat map it is all sort of in the forward line um he kicked a goal his first goal for hawthorne he had um 10 pressure acts 91 meters gained, um, three inside 50s. So my theory on Denver, who I will give a 5-2 as the rating, but I'll as a rating, but I've got a theory, and it could be, and I actually want to throw it out in space on Thursday night with a couple more people around, is that they he brought him in for an education point of view to play him as a forward. And yeah, he didn't do much in the second half because he was gassed. But he wanted to show him, this is what you're capable of if you play in the forward line and, you know, almost just fly the ball and see what happens, see what you can create. If you're not taking a mark, you'll bring the ball to the ground and then hopefully we'll lock the ball in there and you play a role that way, a bit like, as he's been like to Aaron Norton. But then he ran out of gas in the second half. But I'm wondering whether that was the whole point of the exercise of Mitchell, who would have known that he would not offer a lot in the second half. But maybe Mitchell's saying, this is what you're capable of if we give you the opportunity in the forward line. But you now need to know what you need to do fitness-wise, the work you need to put in in the summer to get to the next level. What do you think? That it was actually, if you were to sit on the bench in the second half of the game, clearly gassed, might be the penny that drops for him to say, you know, I've actually got the ability here. And it is the one thing I've just got to be less lazy, which is what we hear is a knock on him that they think he's lazy. He doesn't do, doesn't, he doesn't train hard enough. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's an interesting theory, Ash. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like uh, it, it's just so much head scratching with DGB for me. I don't understand the move forward at all. Um, I think I think he's drafted as one of the best backmen. Young backman, in, in the best young backman in his draft class, um, to swing him forward at such a young stage of his career. This is not a Jacob Kaczynski smoky pick in the you know round whatever that he was picked in round two. Um, this is a highly touted, if not the best backman in that year that's being asked to play forward. There's probably a lesson in 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 what Mitchell is doing, and 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 I and I do think you're on the money with that theory. I just I just don't know where where he sort of goes from here. Is it another stint in the forward line to learn more lessons? Is it going back to box? I I, I prefer him playing all year in the back line at Box Hill than shifting him around. Learning it learning a forward craft is is. Just a completely, it's a just a completely different thing, and you've got to invest time and energy into that. Is that the best use of you know the for his development? Um, yeah, it's it's a really curious one, and I actually feel like Mitchell Lewis plays better with Cozzy 
as his foil. I, I, I think it really upset that whole forward line dynamic having him up there. And I, it was great to see him get a goal, but uh, it was a soft free kick and he didn't really offer much at all in the game. Interesting to see what happens with him over the next few weeks. Mitchell said he'd get a he'd get a run in those three weeks, and he did. Whether he keeps his spot, will be our selection circle will be really interesting um, with some players to come back and something around a time to have a look at players as well that they would like to have a look at. So I'm intrigued to see what the team they dish up this week and every every week for the rest of the season. Josh Ward had. 20 disposals, 11 kicks, nine handballs. He had four mark, kicked two goals, had one tackle, 58% defensive half, 70% disposal efficiency. He had uh, six contested possessions, 100% scoring accuracy, four marks, all of them uh, uncontested, one mark inside 50, 292 metres going, nine pressure acts. He had nine centre bounce attendances. The first goal, I think it was a lovely set shot from the boundary line. Now I'll dob our friend and colleague in. Andrew Weiss was at the game. So as soon as Ward kicks that goal, wow, we get the WhatsApp message, wow. But for the rest of us, he was lighting up for goal because the stream on KO was I don't yeah. know, five, probably five <laughs> seconds behind. So he destroyed the uh, in, destroyed the intrigue for us with the goal. And then he did it later on when Will Day missed the shot. He said, uh, it. It "Just ruined, ruined the whole game so he for us. Ruined the game for us." So we had to send him. Then we all sent him angry text saying, "Can you please wait five seconds before you send a um, before you send us a WhatsApp uh, with, with because uh, we're not seeing it live as you are." Um, he's a good player, Josh Ward, and I thought he was. Uh, I thought very, very comfortable. What uh, what what say you? Yeah, he's a good player, Josh Ward, and he's an efficient player and he does all the fundamental things right. Um, is he going to be, uh, you know, total superstar of the game? Like, I think it's it's probably too early to make that call, but I, I see him being um, a, a really, really solid, efficient contributor that, that does his role really well, um, you know, it could. He kind of, in in a lot of ways, reminds me of like a an Ollie Wines type of player, and I, I think he he yeah he just you know Mister Fundamental just does all 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 the good things um, really well, and he he took that set shot well too. It was I didn't think he had that in in his in his locker, and he he just pulled it out and um, just shows that shows what he's capable of, capable of as a player. And uh, so. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give him a um I'm gonna give him a six and a half. I thought he was great. Fergus screen, nine disposals, five kicks, four handballs, one mark, one tackle, two goals, one, 78% disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions. He had uh one turnover, he had four score involvements, 12 pressure acts. Um he's just tried to play the traditional hit up forward. Hit some packs, tried to win the ball to ground, kicked two goals. Um, the first goal was disappointing. I just think, you know, it would have been, I mean, they can recover well. I think the Giants kicked the first two or three goals and Hawthorne looked to be in a bit of trouble and then worked their way back into the game. But uh, just if you kicked that first goal early with all the troubles Hawthorne's been having on the road, just wonder what would have happened over the next few minutes as well if he, if 
the kick that one around the body. It was, you know, it was for the around the body kick, but really he's in the side to do that sort of thing. But he, he ended up with the two goals. One, I thought he was, uh, I thought he was okay with that being um, spectacular. He's doing just enough, I think, to keep his spot in the side at the moment. I would give him a five and a half. Yeah, look, I think he was probably one of our most dangerous or the most dangerous forward for us on the day. Um, I agree that he probably should have kicked that goal and it would have been a a bit of a tone setter. I think there were a lot of moments like that through the day, a lot of what ifs and, you know, if they did that or if if they did this. But um, I've seen him kick that goal a million times at Box Hill and and I just wonder if the big stage is getting to him at times but I'd like for him to keep his spot. I think he has a place in this forward line and I just want to see him end the year strongly and, and uh, you know, earn his place in the team. I wonder whether he was stoked into action because Jake Riccardi was playing for the Giants and Riccardi, who had taken his spot on the side, probably was uh, was uh, out there as well. One of the sturdiest competitive juices knowing that uh, a target of the Hawks was uh, 150 metres away. Connor McDonald, I want to talk about Connor McDonald. Uh, 23 disposals, 14 and 9, two marks, three tackles, one goal, one, 63% offensive half, 65% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions, seven turnovers, two intercept possessions, six score involvements, um, five, 12 pressure acts, five, eight, three meters gained, um, seven inside 50s, one rebound 50. Um, I've seen it written on one of the message boards, recap of the game. You know, he missed a shot early that he probably should have got, had the same opportunity later in the game and absolutely nailed it. What I love about him is he runs games out beautifully. He is presenting, you know, on a day, some of his teammates, the same can't be said, but he's running hard in the in the, in the final quarter of the game, still running and presenting. I just think he's going to be a really good footballer. I've, I've said it before, he's going to be, he's going to be to this group what Jordan Lewis was to the, three-peat teams, you know, not one of the five best players in the team necessarily, but it's a really key part of it. I think he's, uh, after a few early season struggles, I think he's really found some form. uh, I would give him a, I think you're ranking this one. Yeah, I'm going to give him a um, six and a half. Is that is that <laughs> you're making right. a bait? Yeah. <laughs> um, I did a little talking then. <laughs> it was your turn. But uh, oh, my my ratings yeah, are just so inconsistent. I I need to to keep a tally of them because um, you know, look, I think he had probably as good a game as Josh Ward. Um, and I think maybe if you were to 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 do that redraft again, McDonald McDonald surely goes higher up than than the position he was drafted in because he just oozes class. Um, another game. Another moment in the game that we see ruined for us was that was that goal on the run in the last quarter. Um, we were talking about Connor McDonald's incredible hands in the WhatsApp, and and yeah, he he ruined the goal for us immediately afterwards. But um, I had him on mute by then, yeah. so I didn't say it. Um, the next player we'll talk about is uh, Finn McGuinness. and I wish wish other boys are on for this one because this is a wide range of conversation. We might. We might uh, revisit Finn, I think, on Wednesday night spaces. 15 disposals, 5 and 10, 1 mark, 5 tackles, uh, 87% disposal efficiency, 5 contested possessions, uh, 3 turnovers, 1 intercept possession, 1 goal assist, 3 score involvements, 106 metres gained, 2 clearances, 
five tackles, two of them inside 50, two inside 50s, two rebound 50s, all while keeping the most informed player in the competition, Josh Kelly, who he he's former club mate, not teammate, because there's an age difference between that, the East Brighton Vampires to six possessions. Um, probably a better game than his performance on Ed Langdon at the MCG, I think it was last year, that was his breakout tagging run with game. Um, I'm giving him an eight for that performance because Josh Kelly could have torn Hawthorne apart and there could have been, if, if he'd got off the leash, the Giants would have won this game by seven or eight goals. So a wonderful performance by Finn, but it does beg the question, and if they did okay offensively with the ball, if there's a role for him in the side when there's no run with role, what's his purpose? Where does he fit into the side? It doesn't quite, there's better pure offensive options than Finn, but for the right matchup, he's invaluable. But is that worth keeping in the in the side for one in four or five weeks when there's an outside runner who can kill Hawthorne, who he can put the clamps on? What do you think? And I think I said we'll uh, we'll explore this with Brad and others. I think on uh, on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, I think it's it's a sort of broader philosophical question about whether taggers have a role in today's game, um, because that's as good a tag tagging perf- run with performance as you'll ever see. Keeping Josh Kelly to six possessions. I mean, you, you can't really ask for more for more in that role. Um, and as opposed to the Ryan Crowleys of the world, like he, he's he's not a pest. He he just he just beats them athletically, um, gets into the right positions. He's he's just a natural tagger. Um, and they've tried him in so many different positions at Box Hill um, uh, and in the seniors as well. I just, it, it's tough because he doesn't impact games when he's not tagging. Um, he had a few fumbly possessions there in the first quarter and we're all just bracing ourselves for, you know, for, for for another panning, but yeah, it's I, I'd even say that's a nine that performance because I've just you know it, it it's his biggest scalp surely, and he just played his role to to absolute perfection. He looked at North this week, and we'll, again we'll look at it later in the week. But I'm not sure there's obvious matchup for him. I mean, Simkins already pulled out. Simkins won't play. He's concussed. I mean, I, I mean, do you put him on? Dave Uniaki with that, he'll play a midfield. Um, and you don't really want McGinnis sort of in the midfield too often. So is an outside runner at North for to play on? I'm not really sure. So we'll look at that later in the week. Yeah. But uh, fair play to Finn McGinnis for a terrific performance. And as the various teams of the week get picked up on the weekend, uh, get published early this week, I'm sure he won't get mentioned in any of them. But uh, you won't see a better run, too many better run with jobs in AFL footy no. in 2023. Tyler Brockman had one of those days. Dad's been hit and miss. He looked dangerous a couple of times, missed a couple of shots. He kicked three behinds, which is disappointing because he's not much, normally much more reliable kick than that. 11 disposals, eight and three, two marks, seven tackles, um, 36% disposal efficiency. So he let himself down there. Seven. Uh, he had uh, five contested possessions, three turnovers, four intercept possessions. Four score involvements, um, one forty-five metres gained, seventeen pressure acts, seven tackles, which is pretty good. Four of them inside fifty, so he sort of played his role there. But I guess the finishing let him down. 
Yeah, it did. But um, oh, there were just some moments that were, and it just seems so lazy saying Cyril Rioli-esque. He's got yeah. the 33 in his back. He's an Indigenous boy. But really, he he just, I think now, Prinzi made the point, he's growing his hair out a, a bit in the back and you just see that 33 and you see those cat-like reflexes and the way that he pins people um, in the tackle um, and it's just hard not to draw that com- comparison. Unfortunately, his kicking let him down, and uh, he he had a great moment there in the first quarter where you won a holding the ball um, and then missed a set shot. So, um, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Tyler Brockman, and I don't I I, I rarely see him. Uh, you rarely sort of see him miss three set shots for goal. Um, and I think any other day he's he's, he's at least converting. Um, one or two of those so um you know he he he's a young player and sometimes i think we forget that he's he's quite composed actually for his age in front of goal but um yeah just what he what he brings to that forward line i think i think he's 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 really carving out a, a role for himself um and a future at hawthorne hopefully are you ranking him or rating oh, him or yeah uh i'm going to give him a Five and a half. James Blank only had six touches, four and two, three marks, one tackle, um, 83% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions. The key thing here for, would be he took two contested marks. The key thing for him is he played on Jesse Hogan to kick four goals. But there was a stage in the game, and the commentators pointed this out, so we're not um, – these aren't hardly original thoughts, but there were four or five times in a row where there were 50-50 contests or – and he, or they, they became 50 50 contests because of his negating work. Um, and there, yeah, there were a couple of brain fades with the ball, um, a couple of poor disposals. But I thought, I thought, even though Hogan kicked four, it wasn't the greatest four goal haul. Blake, it was one of his better games for Hawthorne. I would give him a, I'd give him a six. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of James Blank. Um, and I think he's he's got incredible closing down speed. I think it allows him to to stay in contests. Um, you you know you look at the score sheet and you look at Hogan's four goals, but I agree. I think Blank um, he could have could have probably had six. I think, um, and the ball was just coming in so often and so quickly. Um, so I think I think he he did a really uh, quite a reasonable job, and we forget how young he is as well. So he's. He's definitely shaping up as the our sort of uh, developing young backman, and he's gone far, ahead, far, far ahead of DGB in my opinion, just physically as well. Um, you know, that's not DGB's fault, but uh, Blank, yeah, Blank, he, he could very well be just the the sort of backman that we plucked from nowhere, really, and and never never had to give up anything for him, and and, and I. Th- can really see him being a fixture in the in in the side. He needs a bit more confidence with ball in hand, but that will come. But uh, from a pure negating point of view, he did a pretty good job. And then Frost was the same boat. Purely on their defensive work over the weekend was pretty handy. Josh Weddle, 20 disposals, six and 14, four marks, two tackles, 95% defensive half, seven contested possessions. He had two turnovers, two intercept possessions. Three score involvements, 161 metres gained, six pressure acts, uh, five rebound 50s. 
Darren, he's entertained to watch. Oh, I love watching him play. And the amount of kind of, it's hard and mouth stuff at times because you just think he's, what's he doing taking a bounce in this situation? But he just backs himself. He backs his body. He's just an athletic superhuman. Um, and I love watching him. Just absolutely love watching him. He's got superstar written all over him. And I just can't wait to see how he develops and where he develops. And I think he, he could be the, the kind of modern day backman that that maybe we've kind of never seen before. Um, you know, you, he, I think, I think Mitchell may have a plan for him that you know he's probably thinking three years ahead. Oh, I'm sure uh, he does. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's got a major plan. The first thing will be to you know get a full summer in the Hawthorne system as well, rather than just coming as a as a draftee and being on fifty percent lows until. Until the games start, imagine what it'll be with the summer. But uh, just love his his confidence. He hates to be beaten. Um, just a super player. We're just going to enjoy enjoy watching. Um, you know, he gets given roles and tasks and things to do. I'm not quite sure who he's. This is why I hate watching the games on TV as often had to this year because you can't sort of work out half the time what his role is. Um, but Mitchell likes to give him a role. Like it was Kerno last week for a quarter, and then but after that, you know, he's moved off Kerno and he played really well. So. Again, I'm not sure who it was um, this time around, but he just imposed himself on the game at different stages. You know, there'll be there's, there's mistakes, but he's going to be a beauty. He's going to be an absolute beauty, and I think he hates to lose. And I think that's something that uh, will become more apparent later on as the team gets better. He'll be, he'll be taking a couple of receipts, I think, Josh Weddle for for down the track. Um, did you give him a, ra- a ranking? Yeah, I'm going to give him a uh, six. Finally, Seamus Mitchell, uh, 20 disposals, 7-13, four marks, zero tackles, 79% dis- uh, defensive half, 70% disposal efficiency, six contested possessions. He had two turnovers, five intercept possessions, one goal assist, two score involvements, um, 241 metres gained, four pressure acts. Um, again, he's just... Reliable plug and play, give him some room. A couple, of, he lost a couple of contests early and a couple of uncharacteristic uh, mistakes with the ball, but I think he settled in and again just ran the game out beautifully. I'd like to think the fact that the Hawks didn't get thrashed this week. There is a lot of precedence for rising star nominations for as long as the team is competitive. It's probably very hard for the AFL when Hawthorne getting belted by ten goals to give the rising star to Hawthorne player. I think they might have done it for West Coast one week, but this really is the week you would think that uh, he gets a rising star, a long overdue rising star nomination that the club, I think, has been lobbying for quite extensively. Um, six, uh, a six from me, Daz, is that about right? Yeah, definitely. And, it, you know, I think that contract extension's got to be a weight off his shoulders. I think he thought his career, AFL career, is probably coming to an end or he was going to have to, you know, try, try his luck at another club and, He's just been rewarded for a, a really great uh, run of footy. And he's another one. I just love watching him every week. He's When he's motoring and he's streaming out of the back line and getting involved in some handball receives and just propelling us forward, um, you can you can kind of see uh, the, 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 the future a bit, the future of the back line there with Mitchell and Weddle. Um, just just the the sort of athletic strengths that they have and 
yeah, he just uses the footy so well too. So I, I really do hope he gets a Rising Star nomination. It'll cap off uh, what's been a really terrific year. It sort of came out of nowhere for a lot of us except Prinzi. Well, uh, yeah, Prinzi's taking all the credit for it. He was just when he was drafted, he was just what Hawthorne needed, but just didn't show anything. You know, the the tape on him and and how he was talked up in the draft year was oh, this is you know, that sort of line breaking pace and smart out of the back on just what Hawthorne needed, just didn't see it for two years. So yeah, let's hope it comes this week. It'll come before the end of the season. This is the week, hopefully, that it all falls into place. I mean, I haven't been finding all the games close enough to know if there's anyone more worthy than him. Knowing the AFL, they'll find someone. Um they're not giving a lot of free kicks to the Hawks this year. Uh, a brief word on the coach before we finish up. I think uh, they responded pretty well. The team came to play. As we said before, they lacked a bit of polish, but McGuinness on Kelly was a terrific move. Uh, gets credit for that. Got to remember also with the back line that Blank, Weddle and Mitchell being some three of six in the back line now. They've played 20. None of them played 20 games yet. So... It's all just getting games into them, isn't it? So they're not doing too bad on that scale. But I thought he, you know, he he came with a plan to win the game. They dominated clearances as they thought they would because the Giants aren't very good in that area. Couldn't get the forward line working. But uh, I think Sam would be more encouraged. Where you could argue that he didn't coach particularly well against Carlton and picked the wrong team. He picked a much better team this week. And uh, if you add Sicily and Bruce to that team next week against North Daz. Doesn't happen very often, but the Hawks might go in as favourites. Yeah, and especially after um, North's performance against Geelong. So, well, you don't yeah. like talking about this, but I'm going to talk about it. Uh, I checked the odds a couple of times during the game, and Hawthorne North are blowing out by quarter time. North odds for next week had blown out by a fair bit already, just based on one quarter. That Hawthorne are even warmer favourites to win next week than they were before, but. Uh, I do worry it's North Melbourne's grand final and they've set their team up. Dropped a couple of players out, I think, to rest them for next week. So, But they've lost a couple with injury today. So um, we'll wait and see. Yeah, it's, uh, let's let's see if um, Dan Howe and Shields haunt us next week. I don't <laughs> don't really think that's going to happen. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of getting to that stage of the year where you just, yeah, do we really want to win that many more games? Uh, well, I think they're locked into 16th. I don't, actually, they... They win next week. They are absolute certainties to finish. They won't go any higher than sixteenth, and they won't drop to seventeenth. So, then what it does with the rest of the season is fascinating. Whether that gives Mitchell free reign to take care of business this week, and then uh, and use the final six games of the season to really th- throw the magnets around and 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 uh, give play, give Ned Long, who's just playing brilliantly at Box Hill. And does Husswick get his turn? And does Cooper Stevens get his turn? And Brandon Ryan kicked four goals. I mean, they're a bit opportunistic, but he, he's he's quite a smooth move. A couple of his goals in the third. I actually watched the third quarter of the Box Hill game, and I thought a couple of Ryan's goals were terrific. So um, it's going to be fascinating to see, see what they do. They take care of business next week, and I think most Hawthorne supporters will take 16th place and uh, and move on. What do you think? Yeah, for sure, and I think um, I think the magnet moving's already started. I think that lineup against GWS. Some, granted, some changes had to be made with obviously Sis serving out his suspension and Bruce's injury, but um, it, 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 there were a few, you know, uh, selection decisions. I think that were a bit head scratchy about about that one, and um, 
I think we're going to see a lot of experimental sides now until the end of the year. And I think Sarong is another one that's going to come into the come yes. into the team. Well, forget to mention Sarong. Yeah, you know, they're just the form of Box Hill is really encouraging. And um, and I think there's there's you know, Bennett's has been playing really well. Bailey McDonald's gonna get another chance before the end of the year. He he was involved in some really wonderful passages of play on the weekend. So it's it's gonna be really interesting to see how this team kind of lines up for the rest of the year because I think we're gonna see some really interesting and experimental sides. And why not? If we've got 16 sewn up. We beat North next week. Um, you, 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 that's that's what this season's all about, really. Yeah, beat North next week, and they go uh, three. There'll be three games clear of North and percentage with two weeks with, with six games to go. So you think they will be locked into to that spot? And then it's you know, do they want to you know what's to be gained more for the rest of the season? Is it uh, trying to win? You know, trying to play spoiler? I mean, do they try and? I mean, they will have a, a puncher's chance of being teams like Richmond. The, and the Bulldogs. Um, St Kilda now is an interesting one. They play St Kilda having beaten them once already without Max King out. You know, I can see Hawthorne beating St Kilda a, a second time in a few weeks' time as well. So even though it's at uh, Hawthorne home game, it's St Kilda's home ground, but uh, still a fair bit to play for. So we wait and see what they do. That has been the recap. Uh, I think these things are better with three of us, but uh, we managed to make it work, as um, We did. As jet lag. Are you still? Oh yeah, no, my, okay. I'm, oh, my brain's not working. Uh, so apologies <laughs> yeah. to to listeners if I was uh, a bit flat, but um, yeah, just just slowly starting to feel a bit more normal, and um, yeah, I think we we wrap that up in record time. I Ash. did. As you said before, Prinzi and we talk too much. Um, will you be back on the space on Wednesday night? Because I think it's just you and I again, maybe with Brad. It's. Uh, I will. I'll be. I'll be thin. back. Yep. It's our last Wednesday spaces, everyone. So please join us. And the last few weeks have been fantastic with listener questions and also um, great questions, uh, people coming on and asking questions. So we're going to encourage more of that in the next little while. So thanks to everyone who supported Hawks Insiders, $5 a month, $50 a year for great Hawthorne content. Um, enjoy the recap articles already up. Enjoy this podcast. We'll talk to you again on The Spaces on Wednesday night. Darren, thank you. Thanks, Ash. Yeah, it was fun. It was, uh, you yeah, know, an honourable losses are back at Hawthorne. Mm. Yeah, and, Not hating uh, it. We're, 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 we're up from this year. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us.